Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Marco Suprun is originally from Winnipeg. He lives in Kiev in Ukraine now. And he joins us from Kiev. Marco, how are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. We're doing okay. Well, let me ask you, how, how long have you been living in Kiev after leaving Canada? How long have you been in the city now? Uh, we moved to Ukraine back in uh, 2013, uh, just at the uh, start of the Maidan Revolution. So that's what, about uh, eight or nine years ago, coming on nine years now. Right. What was the city like? What was Kiev like as a place to live, quality of life, six weeks ago? Oh, six weeks ago puts us into uh, <clears throat> January. Well, it was <clears throat> the topic of the town was it was very tense. Um, was pretty much on the news most of the time, the buildup of the forces. Um, so everyone was getting used to the fact that uh, the Russians had lined up uh, a significant number of their army around the border. But in classical Ukrainian fashion, um, humor started to take over. And uh, people had, um, in Ukraine, there's this period between December and January that's called the holidays because we still celebrate the old and now the new calendar. So it's a uh, it's kind of a going joke that you say, if you want to get something done, you say, well, let's just wait till after the holidays. You keep putting things off. <clears throat> and when the buildup was happening, a joke started to emerge that, well, let's just do it after the invasion. So there was this, it's kind of dark humor, uh, obviously a little bit black comedy, but it, people just started to integrate this notion that this was eventually going to happen. And you have to remember too, that Ukrainians have been living with war since about 2014 when the Russians first invaded. Yes. Um, granted, this is an entirely different level because of the massiveness of it, and it's countrywide. So the, but the sentiment is that uh, we're going to win. Uh, Ukrainians have, like you said, punched above their weight. You know, I'm just looking at uh, Kiev, uh, some video of Kiev prior to the invasion. Looks like a marvelous city, magnificent city, where quality of life would have been excellent. And, uh, and and that was just so dramatically crushed by this U uh, Russian invasion. Although, again, uh, the Ukrainian army and the people of Ukraine are fighting back and, as we said, punching above um, their weight. What is what is like in Kiev today? What's a day like for you in, in Kiev, in the city today? Well, it's there's um, you're absolutely right. Kiev had a vibrant, uh, vibrant nightlife, a vibrant artist community, even a vibrant subculture community. Um, you had cafes everywhere, little uh, bars, um, a lot of um, what do you call those um, beers that are made on in house uh, craft beers places, great restaurants, uh, very affordable place to live. You could always. Uh, strike up a conversation with somebody over in the morning for picking up a coffee on the way to work. And there's the hustle and bustle. There's uh, definitely a lot less of that. Um, we walk every morning to our office. It's about a half an hour walk and it's, uh, it's 
almost empty now in the mornings. Um, and walking home when there should be a traffic jam, there isn't. Um, now, actually, it's kind of weird now <clears throat> when you walk, say, around 7 till 5 o'clock in the evening. I saw a couple of cars and I thought, oh, look at that. The traffic is coming back to normal. But it's people are being stopped now. There's checkpoints uh, at, at several intersections. Uh, the downtown area is heavily protected. There's uh, several big, large checkpoints with uh, big concrete blocks. Um, the nightlife is is non-existent, obviously, because we're still uh, curfew every evening. In fact, it just started at 8 p.m. till 7 a.m. And uh, about on the second week, the, um, the streetlights are all turned off. So it's very dark. And I live very close to the uh, Canadian embassy. And uh, it used to be lit up, but now it's, it's the street is very dark. And so you can actually, if you have the view from your window, you can actually see some of the stars for the first time. So people are actually recognizing just the, um, the effect that it's had. We went out for a walk today um, uh, through the downtown area and there's some life. There's some, a lot of people are going to uh, grocery stores. Um, grocery stores do have products in them. They do have fresh produce. Um, granted, not everything. You have to look a little bit more. Like we were looking for onions today. You have to go through a couple of different uh, grocery stores. There's a few chains that are still functioning. But KF, the KF City Administration has been really amazing. They created these humanitarian centers to uh, help with the supplies for the elderly. And that's another thing that we noticed uh, walking around town is that there's a lot of elderly left in KF. Uh, a lot of the people who could uh, have sought shelter in other cities in the West, um, but those who couldn't are, are here. So it's uh, you see a lot of the volunteers getting together. There's even a Telegram chat where you can you know, they post to help this uh, little old lady at this and this address who needs her meds. So people will stand in line at the uh, pharmacy and get her meds for her. So, so that kind of reaction is something that is uh, is uniquely Ukrainian, I think. But I, I think it's also Canadian. I think anyone in this situation, uh, I believe in the best of humanity, would come out just to help people around you. Yeah, we certainly have a sense of that when we watch the people in Ukraine. Now, we understand that there are Russian tanks, uh, Russian uh, military in some of the suburbs of the city. Uh, President Zelensky has asked Western politicians for more assistance fighting the Russian military, particularly requesting that uh, no-fly zone for weeks now. Um, he, was, he addressed the Canadian Parliament earlier in the week. He also addressed the uh, American Congress and the German government. What is your sense of the response from the West to the requests by Ukraine? What, what do you, what's your feeling about that? Well, I, I think that, you know, you started off by saying that the um, Canadians, uh, that Prime Minister Trudeau said that they don't, we don't have any, or Canada doesn't have any weapons to give. But, you know, there's other ways that Canadians could help. You know, for example, if you notice that the cities that are being bombed by uh, the Russians, the first responders are on the scene and they're doing heroic work. Um, you know, there's, I know that there's about to be launched an initiative to help with the first responders. In Ukraine, they're called the State Emergency Services because it's a national organization. And that's certainly something that I think Canadians could be, um, you know, apply their skill set toward. Um, I know that we need, for example, um, I know that they need um, CBRM uh, uh, equipment, chemical, biological, radiological, or nuclear uh, protective equipment, uh, masks, for example. Um, 
and they're uh, even some of the hoses for example they're not um they don't have an indefinite lifespan uh i know that they need um even elementary things to to get the what they're doing and documenting some of the crimes against humanity for the eventual tribunal that will one day happen and the cameras to the uh, state emergency services they they're doing a uh, really heroic work um in the in the background i mean they're first on the scene just a couple of days ago uh, uh, a area um a neighborhood in cave was hit um a school and uh the surrounding um apartments were damaged and they can't be lived in um it was pretty pretty intense damage and i think there was a few um people that that lost their lives there um but i know that that's something that canada is pretty good at um you know getting that kind of help on the ground or for example even you know getting the ambassador back in into country um a lot of people have left i think the last count was that there's three and a half million that have fled into Poland, Slovakia, and Czechia, but internally there are the IOM, the International Organization for Migration, on Friday updated their statistics that it's about six and a half million internally displaced. Um, the UN and the international organizations they need to set up shop inside Ukraine. Um, it's great that they're doing the work that they are in Poland and the neighboring countries, but we're having, uh, I mean, people are being evacuated from the east. to the west some places are even being evacuated in, within the east so like Kharkiv Sumy uh Konotop people were evacuated to Poltava um these cities are going to need uh the help of the international organizations um putting up temporary housing providing f- food and clothing these are initiatives that the politicians in Ottawa can certainly be influential in getting the UN the UNHCR and the IOM inside of Ukraine um it's they're going to have to expand their capabilities and their operations they're going to have to make sure that Ukrainians stay who want to stay in Ukraine or those who want to come home want to come home um we were internally displaced for about a week and we realized that uh you know it, we came home we came back to Kyiv it's it's a weird feeling to be uh walking around a different town and you see the other people who are also internally displaced and they recognize the look in your eyes yeah. um and and so when we came back to cave by train got to tell you the train was full everyone was coming back to to town not i can't say everyone I'm sorry but a lot of people are returning to cave i think the last thing i read was like 300,000 men had returned back to cave and they're signing up to take part in the defense of uh of the capital city but those are some things that certainly the canadians could you know Canadian government could get involved with I mean yeah, for sure. there's nothing more there's nothing more stronger than a resource of the federal government to 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 get the resources that they have at place and fire equipment for example or even just training getting firemen and search and rescue efforts yeah. uh, brigade of search and rescue would be very helpful If you want to hear more subscribe to the Roy Green show on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.